welcome to the Take Care Sis podcast with me, Key, and Kiki. Join two friends for a conversation around self-care in real life. We'll talk about anything on the spectrum from bubble baths to setting boundaries to managing friendships and more. As your sisters, we also just want to provide a weekly check-in. You know, like big sis asking little sis, sis, you good? So come on in, sis. Let's talk about how we can take better care of ourselves. What's up, Kiki? What's up, Kiki? <laughs> Is that a robot? Oh, yeah, that's my horrible robot. Ratchet, respectable, the ratchet. That's this is who we are. This is who your podcast hosts are. Well, hey y'all, what's up? We together in the same space. So you know we've been uh to shenano goods. I'm sorry. Yes, we've been up to shenanigans. Mostly key shenanigans. Just saying. This is all her idea. Okay, I'm just kidding. It was both of our ideas since she's giving me the stink faces and the puffy lips. Mm -hmm. Anyway, hey y'all. Since how was your week last week? (laughs) My week was fine. Um, Yeah, it was fine. It was election week. I went and voted and all that stuff. Well, I didn't vote that week. I voted last week, but yeah. I was trying to forget all about elections. Well, we'll talk about it later. My week was good. And, you know, we recording this on Sunday. Yesterday, I went to see one of my faves, you know, Genuine with his his old man niece. But let me say it. Let me say this because, you know, everybody keep picking on him when he was doing his little you know he that was one part of the show like he his knees were good y'all okay his knees are good man can still dance okay y'all y'all need to stop all that stuff he's 52 years old he's doing good okay i bet half of y'all can get down there and do it i didn't realize he was 52 yes he's 52 did not know okay yeah he sang his ass off. His uh, backup singers also sang their asses off. And um, I enjoyed it. Um, also, there was Kate and um, I think they're throwback from the 2000s. And Donnell Jones. Um, this is my. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> and they had a Dina Howard, but you know, we was late. So we missed, we missed the Dina. Um, this sounds like a good old throwback. I, it was. It really was. Um, the only one that we were kind of skeptical about was Donnell Jones because I don't know what was going on with his mics. I, we don't know if it was the mic or he just, his, his singing was just not great. Probably high as hell. <laughs> so he was the only one that was questionable, but you know, when Gene Wan came out on the stage, he showed out. And that's all that matters. And I caught a rose. I caught one of the roses, y'all. You know, he was throwing up the roses, and one of them got yes. <laughs> one of the roses came like in between the seat behind me, and the lady caught it before me. And I really just wanted to push her over and get the rose. But I said, okay, I'm just going to regroup and turn back around and say, hey, throw it here, throw it this way. And he threw one, and it came right in my head. So now I got to figure out a way to um, preserve my roads. There are ways. Even I know that one. And I'm not so great at plants. My one plant is a lot, though. It you is. You're driving over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good job, Sue. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> like her name's Sprouts. <laughs> Sprouts. And Sprouts is non-binary. Oh, okay. Yeah. And sometimes I'd be like, girl, you look good. Then I feel like this type of plant should be like male, right? <laughs> so I've decided that sprouts is non-binary. Okay. 
really supporting the LGBTQ and all of IA I'm plus. I am the A. All right, QIA. LA. So I'm an auntie to the to Sprouts. Hey, baby, you're doing good over there. All right, <laughs> that was my week. That was my weekend. Um, so I was in the area, and I just, you know, swung by to see my friend. Glad she told the truth. This was her idea. <laughs> I'm okay with it today, although her time is running short. Um, but um. Yeah, moving on. What did I do? Um, elections were horrible. That was a whole horrible night. I just put myself to bed early because it was it was looking bad. Um, so then self-care after that has been staying away from a lot of news outlets um, because understanding what was at stake and seeing what North Carolina did. And granted, yeah, sure, there were some wins. Like North Carolina, we won some house seats, but we also lost some seats. Um, we did not get a Democratic senator, and we haven't had a Democratic senator in a very long time. Um, so that's wild and sad, as it's also sad for Sherry Beasley, because Sherry Beasley now has lost again. Um, of course, um, at least, I don't know if this is positive for me to say, but at least there was a margin this time. But that makes it sad, because I don't understand how y'all voted. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna move forward because I'm trying to stay um, positive, nonpartisan. I don't know how y'all put it for Burr. Um, not Burr, I'm sorry, um, Bud. But just as bad. Bud replaces Burr and they're like the same people. Um, I think Bud might be worse than Burr. I digress. Um, all I gotta say is he ain't gonna be up in Washington advocating for reproductive rights. He's not um, in North Carolina. You did this. Um, this weekend, though, I went outside. Ooh, outside. Um, yeah, I went to the movies to see Black Panther. Y'all, let's have a little vote or um, a little bet as to when Kiki will finally see it. A week? Next weekend? Two weeks. Who got three? I'm just gonna turn this screen off. <laughs> so when saw Black Panther and then me and a girlfriend who also she was like, I'll be in my house all the time. I was like, Yeah, but she got kids though at least. So but anyway, we went out. Um we're both transplants. Uh so we met up here and yeah, we had um dinner. It was nice, had dinner, a little drink, had to laugh and joke and stuff like that. But um yeah, so shout out to uh, her. Mm -hmm. But that was my weekend. That was my self-care. Um, and since I went and saw Wakanda forever, we can go ahead and get right into our photo culture. We'll switch it up a little bit. Sure. Okay. So we're going to photo culture. Photo culture. Saw Wakanda. Listen, don't let the comic book heads fool you. This is actually a pretty good movie. Um, pretty good. Very good. It's actually a very good movie. Um, I'm not the big, biggest comic book fan, but I was reading some commentary from some of my comic book head friends and they were like, oh, and, 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 and. so there is some accuracy in it because I think they can't give the spoiler. Um, so there is some accuracy to it. Um, it's really good. It's, it's really good. And bring your tissues. You're going to need them. That's the spoiler I will give you. And don't be like me and get up early. Um, because I missed, I think I missed one of the credits. Um, I know I saw one, but I think there's two. I don't know for sure. I got to get this clarified from somebody else, but I had to pee. This is where, um, I'm going to be honest. My bladder failed me yesterday, but the movie, it was a solid three hours. Like it was a solid three hours. My bladder held it together for like over three hours because three and mm-hmm. I noticed I had to pee about 4.30. That movie went to a solid six. Um, so I couldn't stay for the last one. So if anybody wants to tell me what happened in the third spoiler or the, the second trailer, please yeah, do. Just tell her. Don't send it to take care of this slide because I'm going to be mad if I see any spoilers in my inbox. Mm -hmm. Thanks. That was that spoiler culture. Okay. What's next on the spoiler culture? 
Follow the culture, because you didn't give me a chance to do my song. Follow the culture, follow the culture, follow the culture, follow the culture. Hey, excuse me. All right. On our list of for the culture topics is, um, so Brittany Griner has been moved to a penal colony in Russia. So um, this is what like a, I don't wanna say a slave camp, but like a, I don't know, a labor camp or something. I'm, I'm not familiar. I feel like that's what I read when I did this and I didn't go back and elaborate on it. But while we're sitting here, let's look. Shall we? For the culture, we're gonna see what this colony is. What is a penal colony? Penal colonies in Russia are infamous for their harsh living conditions and brutality. Prisoners are placed in barracks rather than in individual cells where they are forced to perform daily work. That's just a, that is from, ooh, I don't even know what this source is, honey. Al Jazeera. It's a, it's a popular news site. Okay. Well, that's what it is. She has been moved there. And I, I think at the time when I actually read this, they didn't exactly know her whereabouts yet. So hopefully they are at least able to be in touch with her. But the story just gets worse and worse things. So. Yeah, my friend Witt says they're going to make an example out of her. Like They are making an example out of her. And it's really it's sad. It's really to sad. It's really sad, but there's, there's not much else we can do as people. But Russia don't care, um, so there's not much we could do. Um, and honestly, like what they're asking of the United States is kind of a lot. So, unfortunately, Brittany's taking one for the team. A hell of a one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next. Um, E, what do you have next on the list? Excuse me, try not to yawn. I know it's my bedtime, my nap time. I don't know why she does this. Every Sunday, she come around about this time, knowing I'm trying to take a nap. So here we go. I'm going to yawn through this, but we're going to get through. Um, I was on the Twitters. Um, actually, I was on Instagram watching the Twitters. I still don't know my passcode to Black Twitter. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, I was on Twitter and um or Instagram's version of Twitter, and this guy, um, and Kiki says it's old, I've never heard of it, but anyway, this guy um proposed at the funeral. Okay, so there's a woman, her husband died, so she's now a widow, but right there at the funeral, he proposed to her. Dude number two proposes. He proposed to her. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> She's going to do this the whole time. Um, I just thought that was wild. Um, hilarious even, but wild. Like, because, so me and my friend, we had this conversation. We were talking about male friends, all right? And he was like, <laughs> he said, you know, he agrees that men will wait. And they're like, you know, hunters. They like wait in the back in the valley, just waiting for the next thing to show up. And I'm like, who does that? Like, he's like, maybe not women, but men do. And I was like, no way. So this kind of proves him right. So I'm just not going to tell him the story. This is just a very extreme example. <laughs> like you wait until the husband is dead. All right. I'm not telling him. So. Ooh, I guess you want what you want and. If you want it bad enough, you go after it, right? Not me. I'm, I'm nothing beats a try but a win or a fail or something. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Next, uh, so Tabitha Brown's children's show on YouTube was nominated for two Emmys, one for outstanding show and then one for outstanding host. So the show is very cute. Very cute. I've watched a couple of them. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and answered her every time she said, Hey, do you know? 
Just blame it on your goddaughter. I know, and I forgot to actually let her watch that when she was there. Forgot about it. Terrible. Oh, we won't be blaming it on the goddaughter then. Listen, we're gonna put. You know what? I'm just gonna push her to the side and let her go sleep over there. I'll do this episode by myself. Anyway, last week we had an amazing episode. We had friend to the podcast, Stephanie Oliver. Um, she is a adult and geriatric nurse practitioner, something like that. She has that certification. Um, anyway, she's just super dope and she's always around to give you tips and tools about how to advocate better for yourself as a patient, as a woman, as a whomever, however you self-identify, but she's here to help you be a better self-advocate. So she was able to answer some of our questions and we talked about stuff like heart disease and diabetes and, you know, illnesses that affect, especially us women. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we talked about last week, y'all. So let's gather around so we can talk about our topic today, shall we? You just be dancing all this episode, like dancing and singing, dancing and singing. You're yawning. No, you're yawning, not me. But anyway, all right. So this week, it's going to be kind of a heavy topic, but all right. We're going to get through it, okay? No crying, no nothing. All right. Don't look at me like that, Keith. I'm a cancer. Anyway. So I know that collectively we as a country and more importantly, the globe have experienced a significant amount of loss over the past few years from the effects of the pandemic alone. So that's not even counting just regular losses. So we've lost family and friends and many people that we may not even be closely connected to. And with that loss comes grief, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today, y'all, grief. Grief in all of its forms, uh, different types, and just how we're dealing with it or how we're moving through it. Okay, what is grief, Is I'm glad you asked. According to the American Psychological, or the American Psychology Association, grief is the anguish experienced after significant loss, usually the death of a loved one or a beloved person. Grief often includes physiological distress, separation anxiety, confusion, yearning, obsessive dwelling on the past, and an apprehension about the future. Grief may also take the form of regret for something lost, remorse for something done, or sorrow for a mishap to oneself. Finally, according to Psychology Today, grief is the acute pain that accompanies loss. Because it's a reflection of what we love, it can feel all-encompassing. Hence why, you know, there's confusion, obsession, so on and so forth. Um, grief is not limited to the loss of people. But when it follows the loss of a loved one, it may be compounded by feelings of guilt and confusion, especially if the relationship was a difficult one. This is where people are. I wish I just had one more day. I wish I had one more chance. Um, Although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, grief also has a physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. Oh, that sounds like a lot, don't it? <clears throat> so what causes grief? So we know that the most obvious answer is that most people associate grief with the loss of a loved one there are more ways that you can experience grief. So you can experience grief from the following. You can experience grief from a friendship ending because if you lose a friendship, especially with someone you were really close with, uh, along with that friendship goes through a lot of the memories that you've had. Um, same thing with a relationship ending. You, you just lose a big part of yourself, a big part of your life depending on how close you were to that friend or how 
close and or how deep the bond was in that relationship, right? So from the relationship, you can miss just being with someone or missing what they did in the relationship or what they did for you, what you did for them, what you guys did together. Right. And also you can experience grief from losing a place, a thing or an object of meaning. So think about things that you lose in a fire, if you lose your home or a child loses their favorite toy at some a certain point in their life. Um, if someone you lose or something you lose that was given to you about someone you care about. So feelings associated with things can also bring about grief, especially when that person isn't here or you lose that thing, right? So also news of an illness, you know, when people find out they have cancer or any kind of terminal illness, sometimes the grief with that they can experience kind of grieving how their life was and how their life is actually going to be now. And you see, hold on, you see this a lot in people that have like disabilities, like if they get into a car accident or something, they lose their leg or they lose a limb. You see this a lot there too, because they have their lives, right? And so it's a weird thing because they still have their lives and that's what people say. People mm -hmm. are just like, but you're still here. But the reality is without my leg, I can't do the things that I used to do. I can't go skating. I can't go dancing. Um, I can't run and jump with the kids. So there does have to be that grief or there is that grief period because you have to mourn what you, 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 you've had a loss. Right. So, yeah. Right. Leaving a job. Leaving a job can be a cost of grief. Um, you're missing the you're missing the job, not the people, or you miss the people and not the job. Um, I know I dealt with that when I left. I worked for a college for a very a university for a very long time, um, and when I left, it was hard. But not because I missed the job. I didn't miss that. <laughs> um, but I miss the people, um, the bonds that I had made with those people, you know, I had been there for, I had been there for like five years. <laughs> That's a long time. That is a long um, time. So yeah, in five years. And it was the type of place where pretty much a lot of people didn't leave there. You had the ones and twos or somebody would leave and never fails a year later, they would come back. So our same, it was the same nucleus of people that were always there. So right. I, I very much miss, miss the bonds and I miss the work or the pain. Um, being laid off and having to adjust now to the new pace of life. Um, we saw that a lot in 2020 um, because people were let go. Um, and you saw, Lord, my father, my father didn't let go, um, but my father is a mechanic by trade. Mm. So when that job closed down and he had to work from home, I thought that he was going to kill somebody because um, he was so, he's such a busybody and he likes to move and, and tinker with stuff. He was finding things to create, to destruct, to destruct, to create. It was mm. um, my poor mama. He is <laughs> mm, my mama, bless her. Um, what makes you think also of people that retire? So when they're so used to going to a job and then, you know, all of a sudden they're retiring, so they don't really know what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them go back to work and they find a small part-time job or like your dad did, they just go and get into everything, <laughs> like take stuff apart, put it back together. Like they're just trying to find something to do to pass the time because they're not used to filling that time the way that they're doing now. Yeah. And my parents got lucky. They did the work from home thing or the the only go in the office a few days a week. They did that for most of 2020. Mm. And then they ended up retiring in 2021. So they kind of phased out. Um, and now they're grown and always in the streets. I don't know where they are. You'll get it tonight. Or maybe during your nap. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, also moving to a new city, that can cause grief. So leaving behind your friends and family in one place and then having to adjust to a whole different area, i.e. maybe he's doing that right now. Not moving farther away, but you know. 
<laughs> no. But in general, grief is caused by leaving anything old and just starting something new. So it always comes in different forms, right? I ain't left nothing. I'm always in Fayetteville. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Your parents can't get away from you. They here. I'm there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I saw this though. Um uh in previous jobs when you get promoted right so you down there with the little people and you and the little people make your bonds and y'all talk about supervisors and so on and so forth and then you get promoted and so you're not a little people anymore and you have to gather the troops or better yet the worst is when you now are in a supervisory position over your friend mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a thing that you, because if your friends should want the best for you, so they want you to do your job well. So you guys have to now disassociate at work. And that's just a little complicated. And sometimes it causes the need to grieve because you got to grieve your work lunches because um, y'all not sitting at lunch no more at work. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, right. I just wanted to add anything about losing a friendship, which lost a few um but i had a childhood friend that i lost um we just there was certain it's well several instances where it just kind of led up to i just don't want to i don't want to do this anymore you know so what i grieve even to this day is like me and her personally did stuff together it was just me and her so there are memories that i really can't like convey to others because they won't understand they weren't there so like those memories are just with me and basically with her. And if we're not talking it out, then there's nothing to really experience anymore. So it's kind of grieving the loss of everything that happened up until that point. Like you have the friendship, but then it's like kind of doesn't exist anywhere else, but with yeah. you. Yeah. That makes sense. I had a really, I had a similar situation and she had kids. Mm -hmm. So her kids are like my goddaughters. Um, and that's been really hard because even now, as my goddaughters have celebrations, like one of my goddaughters, she's now pregnant. The truth is, am I even going to get an invite to the baby shower? Maybe. Am I going to go? Um, because there's no need. I don't have the animosity anymore. It was time to let that relationship go. Um, it was just boundaries she crossed and I'm not willing to let that thing go um i'm willing to be cordial to anybody for the sake of my goddaughter but she's the grandma she might get in there and cut up and then so i might not go but i don't know if my goddaughter asks i'll come we'll see we'll see you can always hope for the best i'm sending a gift regardless so well you're doing your part that's all i can say <laughs> Because like we always say, relationships are complicated, but very complicated. So yeah, that and like you said, people cross boundaries and that's how you lose friendships as well. I mean, I've crossed boundaries. I mean, that's hard for people to admit sometimes, but you can still grieve that friendship that you had. Because I do grieve it, but do I want it back? No. <laughs> That's hard to say some, for some people, but not for me. Like, I just realized at this point in my life, like, yes, I did something wrong, but they also had some faults of their own. And we just wouldn't mesh well right now. So, yeah, anyway. and you never know. Like, if you keep the door open, if you choose to keep the door open, and you know, they may boomerang back. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> not for that one. Maybe the other one. All right, so since everyone associates grief with losing a loved one, um, we're just going to talk about loss in general. I'm going to talk about the loss that I've experienced because it's been a lot um, over the years. So my first uh, big loss, I guess, and it's kind of weird, and I'll explain it. Um, I lost my father my biological father when i was very young probably like four 
four years old. So there's kind of a grief that you feel from like not being able to grow up with your father. And also like, I was so young that I really don't have any memories. So there's nothing that I'm holding on to. So the memories that I hold on to are actually memories that people are telling me of. So they're telling me, you know, he loved you, you know, this is what he would do. You know, I have pictures. I do have a couple of videos where I can actually hear his voice. But it's still weird to me because I never really got the chance to grow up and experience him. I was young. Um, and I think people have to consider the fact that when, you, when people lose parents, it's already bad enough. But when you lose a parent at a young age, you're kind of holding on to what memories you have, or either you're not, you don't have any memories to hold on to, it's kind of complicated how you feel towards them. So like the more I hear about him and the more that I digest, it's kind of like, there are good things and there are bad things, but like, you know, our parents are human. So have mixed feelings on that, but I do still experience grief from that because there's still like, every day I still kind of have a period where I kind of think like, how would it, how would life be if he was here? Like even when I go to, or when I go through big stages of big things in my life, graduations, you know, celebrations of certain things, like how would this be if he was here, right? But then you have the other side of it. Like I do have a stepfather who is very active and who does love me and who does a lot for me. And I love him very much, right? But it's still that group of what would life be like if my father was here? What would life be like if my father was here and my stepfather were interacting together, right? That's a whole different thing that I think about. So I don't have a lot of like crying grief, I guess, over that because I don't have a lot of memories to hold on to. Now, fast forward, I've lost also on my father's side, I've lost my grandmother, which was his mother. Um, that hurt a lot because I talked to my grandma a lot, like full conversations. When I come home, I always stop by, you know, have two hour conversations with her, just sit and talk and chill. And I remember when my mom, um, and this was years later, she was like, I don't know how in the world you held yourself up. She was like, I called you and told you and you were like, okay, I'm coming home. I drove all the way home and then she was like, I got home and I broke down crying. So that was a heart loss. And then the next one was my auntie, which is my father's sister. I lost her to breast cancer. So that was another heart loss. And that was like my, my closest aunt in that, on that side of the family. And so um, I think about her a lot. Ooh, I said I wasn't gonna cry. Didn't I say that? Actually, you did it. You said you was gonna cry. <laughs> I was prepared. You was prepared? Yeah, I, I appreciate you preparing me. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I saw the tears, I wasn't prepared. But I'm, I'm ready. I don't know what to do, but I'm ready. Uh, ready, I'm prepared, I'm ready. <laughs> as I was saying, as I was saying, that was another hard loss for me. Um, and after that, like on that side of the family, it just seems like, the family was just kind of dwindling down, like it's just a few people left. And now it's experiencing the grief of people that are gone and also just like experiencing the grief of how our family was and how it is kind of just like, we're kind of spread out. It's not a lot of interaction. Um, we're trying, you know, everybody tries, but stuff changes. That's also another form of grief is, like we said, just going into something new, experiencing something new. When your family loses someone, especially like a matriarch or a patriarch, you know, like there's always going to be some kind of grief attached with that because the family's really never going to be the same again.
never really goes back to what it was. You can try, but it just doesn't. So that was the grief on my dad's side. Yeah. Um, my cousin also, I texted her before I did this, before I said I was going to do this episode, and I was like, I need you to tell me, like, what I should tell people about grief. Oh, girl. <laughs> she was looking at something on her iPad, y'all. As I was saying, I text my cousin. <laughs> um, so later on, I'm going to share what she said about grief for y'all. But just that is my aunt's daughter, so my first cousin. And so when you think about it, in this situation, she's lost her mother, her grandmother. And also we lost our great aunt, so my grandma's sister. So that was like the last one. And her uncle, your dad. So I always think about her because she's lost like three mother figures in her lifetime. And she's younger than me. So um yeah, grief is just ooh, it's a lot. Um, I really don't cry like that, y'all. I don't know what made me cry now. Let me keep that face over there. But anyway, um, so my mom's side, we've lost our great grandmother, which is her grandmother, my yeah, my great grandmother. That was a big loss for the family. Of course, like I said, there's always the grief of losing that matriarch because the family kind of doesn't go back to what it was. We also lost her sister, our great, great aunt. Oh, all the greats I get lost in. Anyway, <laughs> lost her too. And then recently, which I don't know if this is the worst loss or not, but I lost my grandmother. And I talk to that lady every day. That little Aries lady, I talk to her every day. Yeah, it explains a lot. <laughs> That's why Key was old. <laughs> I lost her. Um, she had a lot going on, a lot of conditions going on. But I say all that to say that when you lose someone, and it doesn't matter how long it's been for anybody else that you've lost in your family. It seems to always bring up the loss of the other people. So, like, even if it's recent, you start to think about all the people that you lost along the way. And it brings out all of this grief again. It's like you're reliving it again, but you're reliving it with someone else, if that makes sense. So... That's kind of been my journey with grief. Um, but what I want people to know is like, grief is lifelong. There is no time limit to it. When you experience loss, like I said, you're, all, you're also experiencing the loss of other people all over again. It's always going to hurt. It's just going to be in different ways or at different times. You're going to have different triggers. You're going to have different triggers at different times. Um, so, yeah, that's my experience with grief. I don't know if you want to touch on anything. I've cried enough. I don't want to cry again. Um, my experience with grief is a little different. Um, still lots, nonetheless, but... Um, when I was, <clears throat> I was in middle school. I don't, I know what year. I can't do the math at the moment. She's a mathematician. I'm not. But um, I'm not good with dates either. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. you ask me these people, so I can't tell you. I know, I know, I know the year, um, but I don't know how old I was. So I can just say I was in middle school. Anyway, so I was in middle school, and um, I was living in Japan, and in the middle of the night. My mom comes and wakes me up, or my dad maybe comes and wakes me up. And what had happened was, I think I heard the phone ring because I was in middle school, and the phone basically should have been mine. However, I wasn't allowed to have one in my floor, in my room. <laughs> you children today, 
and they're right in their hand. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so um, come to find out, my aunt and her two kids, so my aunt, my two cousins, were murdered. Um, and so we had gotten the phone call from Red Cross, um, and we. Um, my dad, he stayed there in Japan with my younger brother. And me and my mom came back to North Carolina for the funeral. My mom's from Fayetteville. Um, or actually, she's not from Anyway, my mom's from North Carolina. Um, so anyway, we came back to North Carolina. And it was super scary because we didn't know what happened. We just knew that my aunt got murdered. Um, it was a horrible time because as we're grieving, my grandfather's the one that found them. So my grandfather's the first suspect. And so that's hard in itself because he had just lost his daughter and his two grandkids. And here he is being the suspect because he's the one that found them. That's bullshit, by the way. So anyway, it was it was super hard because nobody knows what's going on. Everyone's a suspect. And I was like, we're looking around. We're looking at people. We're starting to think of, you remember that one time when she got into an argument with such and such? Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Fast forward several years later. Um, we find out who the killer was. The killer was a friend of the family. Um, so that's grief number two now, because yeah. we now have to grieve. You know, we've been grieving my aunt, but it's a it's it's weird, right? Because although we grieve their death, um, they're in the ground, they're buried. We know that they're gone. They're with our ancestors, so on and so forth, right? Um, we didn't have that finality that you have when someone dies of a disease. Mm -hmm. um, we had them, um, they had been murdered. Someone had taken their lives. So that's different. So when we find out who the murderer is, we now grieve because it's like, and we know he's in jail. So, you know, we can kind of, like my mom, I promise you, my mom didn't sleep for probably a year. Um, and that in itself is odd because she's grieving her sister. We're grieving, you know, the loss of our family, but we're also like scared because we don't know who did it. We don't know if they're coming for the rest of the family. We you just don't know, you don't have any answers. Um, so like I said, years later, we find out who it is. He's a friend of the family. We have to grieve the fact that we can't talk to him. We can't talk to, <laughs> my mom still won't talk to one of his sisters. Mm -hmm. um, and I get it. Um, they've since kind of made up, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, she's apologized on his behalf, um, but I'm getting there. So anyway, we find out he does it. He's in jail. Um, the trial is complicated because come to find out he's a serial killer. Um, so he's done this before in another state. Um, this is how we got caught, all this other stuff. It's wild. Um, fast forward about 10 years. Cause yeah, cause now I'm out of college. I live in DC. Um, he gets the death penalty. He had been sentenced to the death penalty anyway, because in addition to killing my family, like I said, he was a serial killer in the making. I don't know what makes you a serial killer or not, but he did it again. Um, so anyway, um, his next victim, so on and so forth. This is now 10 some odd years later, because um, like I said, I'm now, I've graduated college. So this is middle school when this happened. I'm now first or second year out of college he's finally getting the death sentence and the death penalty. And I think he's one of, he's actually one of the last few that had been persecuted, persecuted, um, the last few that had been executed here in the state of North Carolina. I digress. Um, he gets executed. So we're there for his execution, which is also weird. Um, it's weird. Uh, so we go to his execution and um, yeah, so, then there's another grief, right? Because you're supposed to feel better. You don't, right? This guy lost his life. And so 10, 20 years later, I don't know if he's a changed man because I hadn't talked to him since I was a little younger. I don't know if he's a changed man, but in theory, you know, jail is supposed to, prison is supposed to rehabilitate you. Um, so he could have been a changed man. Everyone you know, counselors and stuff from the prison came and talked about how he found God and how he led Bible study. And I'm not saying that's a crock of shit, but I am saying that, yeah, it's a little hard to believe in the moment. But in reality, this man now has lost his life. Um, he's taken the lives of several others, but there's still not a lot of solutions. There's still not a lot of um, resolve, I guess. Um, so, I then had to grieve like a third time 
because whereas I thought I would feel better and like, this is it, like, we know my aunt's gone, my aunt's Ben's gone, um, but now her killer's gone. And again, you think you're gonna feel better, but you don't. So now, um, like I said, I had to grieve again, um, but now I'm in a weird place because when anyone talks about the death penalty or being having to serve life and whatever, I'm in a weird place because I almost am like, nah, capital punishment, go ahead and take them out right now. Um, um, and that's not always the, the, the best thing, right? Because truthfully, I'd rather just have my family back. I don't care that that man is gone. Yeah. I'd rather just have my family. Right. So don't ask me nothing about death penalty and sentencing. I'm not the person you want to get into this conversation with. But anyway, that's my story. Um, I don't necessarily feel like Kiki in the sense that um, one grief leads to another. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't know, I think of them as individual things, except this last time when my when my great aunt died over the summer. Um, that was hard for me because it was kind of like you said, like we're losing all our elders in my family. Like now, my grandmother, I lost my grandmother when I was a young girl. Um, she died when I was like five of cancer. Um, so I didn't grow up with a grandmother like most people did. Um, but I've had my great aunts and now we lost this one. There's one more sibling remaining. Um, we're not as close to her, she lives in California. So for me, the one that I just lost, the one that lived in Fayetteville, the one that I was closer to, it's hard because you know our matriarchs are gone, mm. our elders are gone. So now it's the one great aunt and then it's like my mom and them, you know, that mm. lineage. So that's just altogether weird because they the elders. I like to remind them of that, but they the elders. Um, and that's also scary because when they will be losing them. Right. So that's my story with grief. You know, I think that's how my mom felt. It was like, she's like, we're the, we're the old people now. <laughs> you know, like, we're the ones that are supposed to be bringing everyone else, uh, else up. But she's like, I still have my aunts, like, so close, like, my aunts, and then me, and then y'all, you know, that's how she kind of thinks of it, too. Um, I don't know, Grisha's just, it's weird, and when you said that, oh, the murder, oh, Jesus. Um, so my dad, and I really don't talk about this, his case was like a cold case, but they don't know what really happened, so we know the gist of what happened, but we don't know if it was like foul play or what. My father drowned in the pool. So like we don't, it was at a party apparently. So we don't know what actually happened. Did somebody kill him? Or like did somebody push him in? Did somebody do it out of malice? Like what's, you know, what's going on? And so, and this is stuff that I found out from my brothers but I really haven't looked into the case. I really don't want to. Cause I feel like it will bring up more emotions that I don't want to deal with right now. Um, but it's been a cold case for years and I don't think anyone, I think they tried to reopen it or they were uh, looking into it, but at this point, nobody really wants to go to it. So, all right, now that we've talked about our um, experiences of grief, um, so I did a video back in 2020, which I didn't, I didn't realize that it was in 2020, which is kind of ironic, right, like right before the pandemic that I did a video about the seven phases of grief. Look at that foreshadowing. Right. So like I did a video on my YouTube, this curvy yogi for now. I'll just link it down in the description. Like how to deal with loss. And I'm just gonna go through those seven phases. Um they were based on I want to give y'all the right the right resources oh yeah okay so the seven stages of grief were based off of the five stages that dr Peebler ross outlined in her book and her book was called um death and dying so there were two other stages added and i'm going to go through them the best way that i can so the first stage is shock. And I go into the second stage denial because they're kind of one and the same. 
um, when you first find out the loss of a loved one, which is kind of the easiest example, of course, we're all in shock. We can't believe it's happening. And then sometimes we're just in denial that it's actually happened. Um, and that kind of, that'll linger until like the funeral of that person. Because most of the time when you find, someone, find out someone has, been, has passed away and then you have to go through all the arrangements, that kind of takes your mind off of it. And then after, or during the funeral and after, it's kind of like, oh, this is real, right? When my family died, especially since this was a murder, and I watched way too much television, I just knew that my family was part of a plot to set the person up. And my family was still alive. And like when I went to the funeral home, um, despite being, I'm still nervous around funeral homes, y'all. Like being really? around, yeah, it's really weird. I've been in cadaver laps, but a funeral home, I don't know what it is. It just, it's freaky to me. Yeah, a lot of people um, feel that way though. Not, you're not the only one. Yeah. So, but I'm low key like this isn't my cousin. And then, so sorry for the graphic moment, but my boy cousin, he was stabbed 30 times in his chest and he already had asthma. So he had an even long and enlarged kind of chest cavity. So for the funeral, um, for the wake and whatever, they, uh, they stuffed his shirt with cardboard. Mm. so you know how you go through the line and you're in the casket and whatever and I don't know what made me do it but I put my hand on his chest and just feeling that cardboard um the first thing I literally said was well that's not him that's not him mm -hmm. and you know again me and my vivid imagination and because I just knew that they was in a far off booth somewhere or witness protection program um that ended up not being the case. But uh, yeah, it was it was really weird. The way I give props to this funeral home always for the way they made my family look and how well it cared for them um, in that stage of their life um, because my family was brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the um, the way they took care of them, the, the the level of care they took to make my family look presentable. Um, props to that funeral home, like always and forever. It's, it's hard to see. It's hard to imagine. Um, that kind of leads us into anger, right? Because when your family had to find that out, that's what you're feeling. And you still feel the anger years later. It, it can hit you at different times. Um, you can feel anger for the way that things, or the way that they died. You can feel anger for um, just them not being here. Because a lot of people will question, like, well, God, why them? Or why me? Why did this happen to happen? Why did this have to happen to my family? You know? So anger is, is very normal. I want people to think that you're not supposed to be angry when you're grieving. It's just something we feel. You have to let yourself feel those emotions. And I know it's hard, but just allow yourself to do it. The next one is bargaining. So... The way I understand bargaining to be is it's a kind of, well, why didn't this happen to me type of situation, right? So you begin to put yourself in the shoes and this isn't necessarily in the case of my family, right? But like you have a family member die and say your family member um, died because they got abducted when they were jogging, right? So now you begin to think of, well, <clears throat> I go jogging on that same road. Why wasn't it me? Or, you know, that could have been me next time. And, or sometimes you're even like in a, in a harsh state of grief, you're even pleading and just like, well, why didn't you take me? Right. Um, that's how I understand that. That's what I was gonna go into that last part, but yeah. The next one is depression. That can be the really, That's really, one. <laughs> the extreme effect of grief is falling into a depression. Like just feeling the feelings. You're not, you're grieving very hard. Like you lost someone that has been a big part of your life. You lost something that's been a big part of your life. And that can alter your feelings on how, you know, you feel about your life. So you may not have 
that will, you know, like you used to, to live and motivation to actually do the things that you were doing before. And that helped, that makes you fall into a depression. Again, and that's, and it's kind of weird to say that that's a normal part of grief, but it is. Because um, depression looks different on everybody right. else, right? And it doesn't, it lasts for a different length of time on everybody. Mm-hmm. And because it looks different, because it presents different, depression for her may mean she doesn't eat. Depression for me means I eat. You know, whatever the depression looks like, right? So that's why it's so, I'm just going to use the word weird because um, I don't have a better word. Right. No, you're right. So the next part of um, the next stage of grief is testing. And from my understanding, that means that you are kind of thinking of ways to manage your grief or trying different ways to manage your grief. Um, And that can be anything. Like you said, everyone deals with depression differently. So if you're eating, that's a way that you're trying to test out how you're managing your own grief. If you're going to therapy, if you're just sleeping all the time, all these things may not always be healthy, but you're in that stage where you're trying to get yourself out or trying to figure out what coping mechanisms work for you. And so that also leads into acceptance. Once you found the things that work for you, right? Then you've finally gotten to the point where you've accepted the loss. You've accepted that this grief is something you're going to have to deal with. You found the coping mechanisms that you can use to just kind of move through your life in a healthy way, right? Mm-hmm. Acceptance sometimes takes a long, a long time to get to, though, so that that's why we say that grief is lifelong. Like you can accept it one day, and then next day you come back like, no, nah, I, I don't believe this again, <laughs> you know? Right. Like you, and you start that cycle again. And all of these stages are not in any type of order. We put it in an order, but it doesn't happen in the order all the time. Sometimes you're going to feel that shock again. You're going to be in denial. All of these things you can feel at different times in your life. So yeah, those are the seven stages of grief. And do you have anything you want to add, Keith, for this subject? Or no? Um, no. I'll just say, like, you have to. I encourage you right now at this moment to take this opportunity to know who you are and what your um what's your thing, right? And I say this because, for example, for me, um, in any time I've had a loss in my family, um, being able to talk about it has been helpful. Um, To be able to share the memories of the person, to be able to share like laughs and jokes and whatever, that's been helpful for me. Um, Everyone's not a talker. Everyone doesn't need to externally process. Some people need to internally process. So I just encourage you to learn what your thing is. So because you're going to grieve, because you're human, because someone is going to leave you in some capacity, whether it be a divorce, whether it be um, an actual death, or like I said, whether somebody moves away, whether it's just the end of a friendship, whatever, someone's going to leave you, right? And so I encourage you to learn how how you process um, any type of loss and to begin to nurture those relationships and those lines of communication. Um, One thing that um, my best friend, right? This is how I know that she is my person. She is my best friend because she knows how to deal with me best, right? My best friend knows how to let me talk, but she knows when I've gotten to the point that I'm ruminating. And so she knows how to like reel me back in. All right, sis, reel it back. Like she's really good at that. Um, God knew, (laughs) so God sent me her. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's my best friend because she's really good at that. Because, yeah, sometimes I will talk and talk and talk. And and it's funny because I'm not normally, that's not normally my thing. I can talk. 
as you can tell, I have a cold podcast. Um, I can talk, but I'm not normally like blah, 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 blah all the time. Um, if I'm upset and I start doing that, if I start, I, I can ruminate. That's how I know when I'm upset. That's how I know when I'm not okay. And that's how she also knows I'm not okay. So she knows to do certain things to help me feel better. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, that's so sweet. Shout, that's out to, shout out to her best friend. That's my doll. And the last thing I'm going to say, um, because I have a whole other episode about this, but no. Um, I said before that I reached out to my cousin for some advice about grieving. And I'm just going to read what she says. So she said, the grieving process has no time limit. Like we've been saying, um, losing someone you love can hurt just as bad in 10 years as it did when they first passed, and that's okay. Sometimes it will be hard to be positive and remember they're no longer in pain or in a better place, but it's essential to believe because it's true. In everything you do, strive to make them proud and continue to keep their memory alive. And that was it. Short and to the point. And of course, that's for people that have actually lost people and not the other things that we talked about but it can also be applied to different things Ooh, you people and your fur babies that's a whole nother when people lose them fur babies listen the the fur babies are a part of your family especially if you had them from a long time they are i see she don't believe that i do i'm just it's if you've had a fur baby for a long time, like a long, long time, that's part of your family. So when they leave, that's another thing to grieve. Another I just thought it's it's another thing to grieve. Sheesh. But you, she said. Say nothing. Y'all hear me Okay. All right, y'all. Anyways. That's all we have for the grieving process. Now, we're just gonna end and talk about these uh, ratings and reviews and sharing and stuff like that. Making the reviews. We're gonna make this real simple because we've been here long, y'all. Um, and I'm gonna let her sleep. But y'all need to get to be writing the reviews. We want y'all to go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go ahead and hit that five stars. Go ahead and give us a little paragraph that says we love to hear Kiki and Kiki talk. They talk some real stuff, you know. They give us the real tools that we can use in our life, and we love it. Every Tuesday, we love to be here. Okay, that's all we want. It was the neck rolls for me. <laughs> what this? Uh huh. She was. She meant it, girl. Get it, girl. Girl. <laughs> So go ahead and do that and share the podcast with all of your friends. Share it everywhere in your group chats. Send a text message to your friends. Be like, hey, let's talk about this. And even if, you know, if someone's going through a hard time, especially this podcast in particular, if you don't know how to bring up anything, just send the episode. Be like, hey, can we talk about this? I don't know if that's what you should do. I wouldn't. Um, I would probably reach out to a friend and be like, hey, um, let's talk about like what grieving looks like to you. So then that way, you know how to um, comfort your grieving friend. Don't send them this podcast if they're grieving. I, stop, stop, don't send them the First of all, you don't know what, sometimes hearing somebody else say something, because I've also listened to other podcasts where they've not talked about it like in just the topic of grief, but talk about their loss if they just talk about because most of the time when people lose someone you're feeling the same thing some people need to know that they're not crazy for the feelings they're having that's all i'm saying oh i'm not saying that. i'm not saying just that's that was my reason for saying it that makes no sense yes what do you think i didn't know i guess never mind anyway that's it y'all we're done we i'm done. tired i gotta go home take care of me Take care, friend. Take care. Mm -hmm. Okay, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.